Hey, my name is Parker Manuel, pastor of Pinewood Church in Boulder, Colorado, where our mission is to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus. Hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey, Pinewood Church. My name is Natalie, and I'm so glad you're here. I know that you're here in this moment, and it's not an accident. I know that God has something special for you, and He is going to move through you, and He wants to remind you of who He is in the middle of your storm. I don't know about you, but these last few months have been crazy for me, and I have definitely had my fair share of storms. In the middle of these storms, it's so hard not to be crippled by fear and anxiety, depression and doubt. But as I've processed and worked through some of the storms I've had to face, God has been teaching me that this isn't the way He wants us to go through the storms in our life. He has a different way, a better way. And He wants you to face your storms head on. He wants you to take them by stride and take them with confidence, no fear, peace, and full of the knowledge of who you are in Jesus Christ. Some of the ways that He's been teaching me about um, how He has designed us to go through storms is by bringing my attention to some of the words that He Himself spoke in a storm that He, that he experienced Himself. And I'm so glad that this is the way that God has been teaching me about storms because Um, For those who know me, I'm not going to be surprised by this, but I love words. I work as a writer for my job, and I help out here at the church with a lot of our writing needs. And there's just nothing that brings me greater pleasure than just getting the right word. Because I know that um, despite how small words are, they can have an everlasting impact. I just know without a doubt that the right words said at the right time can alter the course of someone's life. In Proverbs 18.4, it says, a person's words can be life-giving water. Now, I think encouraging words can be great um, when life is going well, when you're on the mountaintop. There's nothing better than hearing your friends cheer you on and um, celebrate the good things in life. But the times when we really notice how life-giving words are is in the middle of the dark hour. And when you're in your storm, it's so important to pay attention to the words that you're clinging to. If you're clinging to words that say, you can't make it, that it's too dark, that the storm is too strong, that there's no way out, that's a lie. I want you to know that There are better words that you can cling on to that will give you hope, that will give you peace. These are the words that can take you from being in your last hour to taking you to your first hour of starting to fight again. There's an amazing story in Mark that showcases all of this. And before we get to that, though, I want to just take a moment and pray. Dear Jesus, Thank you so much for this moment. Thank you so much that who you are is bigger than anything on this earth, that you are the creator of the universe and that you call each and every one of us your friend. God, I can't believe that you want me here right now. And I'm not going to lie. I can't believe that you want to use me this way. But... I'm just so excited for the words of encouragement you have for the people who are listening today. I ask that 
Um, you make a way for all of my words to pierce their hearts and to spark a new round of hope in each and every person who is listening today. Thank you so much that at the end of the, at the, end of the day, this is all on you <laughs> and not on me. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. So the scripture we're going to look, to, look into today is Mark 6, 45 through 52. But before we take a look at, at that, let's take a step back and take a look at some context. Um, up until this point, Jesus has just started his ministry and he's also called like his disciples. They've been traveling around Galilee and performing miracles. Um, they've Jesus has raised people up from the dead. He's healed them from disease. He's helped cripples walk again. It's unbelievable what the disciples have witnessed up until this point. When we get to chapter six, um, the disciples get a front row seat to Jesus's authority over things on this earth as he multiplies two loaves of bread to feed 5,000 people. And it's here right after this miracle where we start to enter the story. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. And there's some amazing things in this passage, but there's one set of words that I want to really hone in on, and that's where Jesus says, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. And I believe that it's these words that can change everything about your situation, everything about your storm. I believe that these are the words that if you cling to will make a difference about where you are. So the first phrase that I really want to unpack with you is at, when Jesus says, it is I, or in some other translations, it says, I am here. As I've thought about like this phrase, Jesus has been showing me that what he's saying here is that you're never alone. I am always with you. You see, before Jesus even makes his big splash in the water, we see at the very beginning of the story that, that the disciples were always in his sight. Um, in verse 48, it says, Jesus was alone on land. The wind was against the disciples, and he could see that they were straining at the oars, trying to make headway. I think that this verse is so encouraging because it paints such a great description of how we are interact with Jesus today. Um, because back then, it was honestly a miracle that Jesus could even see the disciples. Um, in this moment, in this scene, like there's this giant storm going on. The sky, sky is probably covered in clouds. The waves are probably chopping and going up and down and making it so hard to keep an eye on the boat. And Jesus, he's on this mountaintop while his disciples are all the way in the middle of this lake. So it literally takes a miracle for Jesus to see his disciples. 
I love it because it says that even if you can't see it, Jesus is with you right now. He is in your moment. It may seem like he's far away in heaven and that he's so far removed from your situation, but it's not true at all. He is keeping track of you and he always has you in his line of sight. In my own life, this is a promise I turn to frequently. The storm this promise has helped me get through the most is the storm of grieving my mom. She died in June 2019 after an eight month long battle with cancer. I was really lucky and I could call her my best friend, the person that I loved the most, but that made it really hard when I lost her. On the days when it feels really hard, I feel like a sword is plunging into my heart. The wind is knocked out of me, all the while a hundred foot waves pummel me unrelentlessly. It makes it impossible to figure out which way is up, how to find air, how to find the light of Jesus. In these moments, it's hard to feel like Jesus can't find me because the darkness is so heavy. And, but I've learned that even if I can't see it, and even if it seems impossible, there's no darkness that can hide me from Jesus's presence. He can always find me. And so I know that he can always find you. And I've learned that even though it doesn't make sense why things had to happen this way, and even though it's so hard and I never know how I'm going to get through it, and there's days where I don't even know how I'm going to get out of bed. But the thing that keeps me going is just knowing Jesus is with me. Knowing he sees me just gives me patience and helps me to persevere because when you know you're seen, you know help is on the way and you don't have to be afraid. As you go into your week and as you face your storm, remember that no matter how dark it is, Jesus sees you. He is with you and the rescue is on the way. So don't be afraid. Just stay patient and wait. The next phrase I want to dig deep with you is um, where Jesus says, don't be afraid. As I've like meditated on this phrase, um, Jesus has been telling me that what he's really saying here is that he's got this and I don't have to worry about a thing. And I believe that that is what he was telling his disciples as well. Um, he was telling them that he was, or he was reminding his disciples of the authority that he brings. That's why they can take courage and not be afraid. By this point, they've seen him multiply two loaves to feed thousands of people and seen him raise people up from the dead and heal people. So they know that when he comes, he's about to do something. Another way to think about this is to think back to a time you took a flight. Um, I know for me, most of my flights, I experienced some turbulence. And turbulence is a scary thing. I mean, you're in this giant metal tube in the sky with two metal wings holding you up and these ferocious winds trying to like tear you apart. That's a pretty intense situation to be in. Um, but I've experienced that the moment we hit turbulence, the pilot comes on almost immediately. He explains what happens and reassures passengers that everything is going to be okay. As for myself, when I hear the pilot come, come on, I immediately begin to relax because I know that I'm hearing from the person who has the authority to get things done and is in control of the situation. Just like the pilot knows what buttons and levers to push and pull, 
Jesus has that same authority over our lives. He knows exactly what buttons and levers to pull to make things happen in our life. And he has the authority to do it. Um, like Ephesians 1.22 says, And he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. A few verses earlier, it goes, it says, Through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Before we, even, before we were even born, he gave us our destiny, that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. So with these two verses, we can know that Jesus has authority over everything on this earth. Nothing happens without him knowing about it or him giving the okay. We also see that God has a plan for each and every one of us, that he has a purpose in the storms that we're facing. In one other verse, it says in Romans 8, 28, that, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And so as you take a look around at your storm right now, I know it probably sucks <laughs> and it's hard and you don't want to be in anymore. But with these words from God, I just know that he is doing something powerful with that storm in your life. He's using it to prepare you for the greater things that are to come, the amazing work he has planned for you on the other side of the storm. And so the thing is, as you face your storm and you look at the ways and you think about um, like the plan and the purpose in it, it's important to know that you won't always understand it. And that's okay. I know with my mom, I'm never going to understand why like, it had to happen the way it happened. But um, just knowing that there is a purpose in it and God is using it is enough for me. In fact, I can already see like a year and a half after having my mom pass away, I can say that God did not like let that moment go to waste. He has used it to break me and shape me and uh, mold me into a person I never thought I could be. And so I just want you to know that he's definitely doing the same thing with your storm wherever you are. And so as you go into the week, you're probably wondering, like, what can you do to help yourself remember that Jesus is, has it all under control? Well, I journal. I have a good amount of pages bound by leather that have so many details of my life. And some of those details include just the storms that I've had to face. And... Um, Luckily, I've been through a few to where I have a few entries that I can look back to to help me remember how Jesus has uh, saved me in the past. And so I'd recommend start journaling. You won't regret it. Um, you're going to be so grateful you can look back at those entries later on. If journaling just isn't something you can commit to right now, consider writing a list of the moments where Jesus has shown up in your life and took a bad situation and turned it into something good. Um, I'd recommend laminating it so you have it forever and it won't break. And whenever you feel like terrified about what's going on around you, you can just look at that sheet and um, remember that you can face your storm with confidence and with peace. And 
If you don't have moments like this, take a look at the story of Joseph or any of Paul's adventures. These stories offer amazing accounts of how God has used evil for his good. If he can do it for Joseph and Paul, he can definitely do it for you. When you remember who Jesus is and all the times he's shown up in your life, you're no longer afraid. With Jesus' words, we not only approach our storms knowing that we're never alone and that Jesus is in full control, but we can also approach our storms knowing we've already won. The last set of words that I want to take a look at is where Jesus says, take courage. With those words, he has made me think of how because of him, we are more than conquerors in life. In John 16, 33, it says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In another book, in Romans 8, 37 through 39, um, we read that, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When Jesus died on the cross and rose up from the grave, he overcame everything in this world. He overcame your depression, he overcame your disease, he overcame the abuse that could be in your life right now, he has overcome every dark and terrible thing in this world. And the beautiful thing is, is that we get to share in that victory too. It doesn't matter how big the storm is. It doesn't matter how far away you are from him. It doesn't matter what you've done or what you will do in the future. Nothing can separate you from Jesus's love for you and the victory that comes with that. We get to go through the storms of this life knowing 100% that it's going to be okay on the other side, that we're going to make it. Another way to think about this is imagining how would you live if you knew that you would win the lottery every time there's a new draw? What would change in your life? How would your attitude towards life alter? More than likely, fears about bills and food would disappear, and you'd be able to notice all the adventure going on around you that you can start to be a part of. This is what it means to live, knowing you're the victor in life. Ideally, it helps you relax and even rest in the middle of a storm. It's not easy though. In all honesty, I went through a storm in preparing for this message, and it's been a journey to trust Jesus with the outcome. I am probably one of the most quiet people in our church. I think this is the longest anyone has ever heard me speak. <laughs> Public speaking terrifies me. But God has taught me a lot through storms and he has made the reality that I can walk through them and face them with confidence and peace and the full knowledge of who I am in him. And because of that, recently I have given him a blank check on my life. And that included telling him that if he wanted to use me like through preaching, I would do it. He would just have to open up the opportunity. Of course, a couple days later, <laughs> the doors opened. Pastor Parker was talking about creating a space to practice like giving sermons, and he asked if I would do it. I could see God was in that from a mile away. So 
here I am. I said yes. <laughs> and throughout this process, I have come to, I've clung to the promises that Jesus is with me and that he is going to help me do this. I believe that this is part of his plan for my life and that I don't have to be afraid. I embrace that through him, I can eventually overcome my, any fear of public speaking and that as long as I keep close to him, I can trust that one day I'll have one and this fear won't have a hold on me. As you face the hard days ahead and the storms you've been braving, consider throwing away the oars and asking God to show you what he wants you to conquer and giving him the freedom to work it out. He is for you, not against you. He wants to bring you to a place of freedom. He wants everyone to rest in who he is, even in the middle of the storm. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, it says, Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. We can't escape the troubles of this world, but we can cling to these words. Take courage. Don't be afraid. I am here. These words can change everything about your storm and experiencing them as a reality involves one last set of words that I want to leave you with. They are, Lord, save me. Letting Jesus come into your life is as simple as that. In those three words, you're acknowledging that Jesus has the power to take control of your life. And you're accepting that Jesus's way is better. I promise you, those are the best three words you could ever say. I hope you do because a life with Jesus is amazing. There's no greater hope than knowing the creator of the universe has your back. And so that's what Jesus has been teaching me about braving our storms and how to conquer them and go through them. I hope that um, some of what I said has made a way to your heart and has given you encouragement. Um, I want to go ahead and close this off with prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for um, just helping me to do this and for uh, just the opportunity uh, to be your vessel and for you to speak through me. God, I just want to pray for the people who are about to say, Lord, save me. I ask that you would give them the courage to follow through with saying those three words. And I ask that as soon as they say those three words, that you will immediately show up in their life and let them know that you are with them and that you have a plan for, the, plan for their life and that you have incredible things for them because they are a co-heir with you. Thank you so much for um, this incredible day. And um, I just thank you for like the opportunity to get to be a part of the work you're doing here in our city and around the world. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more, or if you'd like to join us on a Sunday, head on over to pinewoodboulder.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. And if you'd like to be notified every time we post new content, then subscribe. And remember, just keep coming back.